Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is a special episode about politics in France, and we're in April 2016. Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is a show where we usually discuss the news from the past month with people from different countries in the world trying to give everyone a sort of uh, perspective on things that we think we know everything about, maybe some of us. Uh, But this episode is one of those special ones. Uh, It's an episode where I'm going to be talking to one person uh, about a specific topic uh, and that only. And uh, it's going Going to be about something that is very close to my heart, uh, which is French politics. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja, and I'm originally from France. I've uh, I live in France. I've lived in France for a long time. Uh, I'm traveling at the moment. I'm doing this show from Japan, of all places, and uh, I have to help me discuss this very interesting topic of French politics. A uh, a friend of mine, actually from the podcasting world, who has been doing shows about tech and politics or who he's been doing them for a while he had to stop and now he is in uh, the US and he's I think in this show of ours, we're going to be uh, taking the roles of I'm going to be the right-leaning uh, person and he's the left-leaning person. Uh, Antoine, how's it going? How have you been? I'm super glad to be there, super glad to talk to you. It's been a long time and I'm very excited to be there. And so you hear his wonderful French accent, which I think I'm failing in that department. Uh, but you're you're giving us exactly what people hoped uh, they would get with a French podcaster. So thank you. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, I mean, oh no, I, no, I, I had to like learn that. English four years ago, and I was given two months to do that. So it was. <laughs> So no, but it's it's perfect. I think it's ideal for a podcast about France. Um, so you live in the U.S. You're a researcher, and you you are a researcher at uh, Harvard. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I I am. Uh, so like Boston area, which is crazy right now with the marathon, but. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, you are a French left-wing, can I say activist, or is that too much? That That's probably too uh, much. Uh, I mean, um, in France, I certainly was. In the US, it's not my country, you know, like it's not up to me to decide on any vote or things like that. I observe in the US. So um, you just can you tell us a little bit about yourself so that people can uh, place you in, in mm. you know, I, I sort of jokingly said you were going to be the left leaning person in that debate. But uh, tell I mean, us a that little bit more. would make more sense. That's who I mean, I, I have always been like a left guy, but I always like participated very actively since since I'm a teenager, since I was a teenager. And uh I was a very active member of uh, something which can be strange for foreigners, but something called UNEF, which is the um, National Student Union, which in fact represents uh, kind of a, a power in France. And I participated in a lot of strikes and 
uh, and protests, and I don't. And after that, um, for the podcasting world, yeah, I created uh, a podcast named uh, Polygeek, which, as you said, was mixing politics and uh, technology, and how like politics can change, uh, uh, technology can change politics, and how politics should supervise some new technology. So yeah, I think it's it it should be fairly clear already to the audience that uh, you are expressing uh, some views of the French political spectrum, and just to get us launched into it. So the idea of the show is that hopefully by the end of it, you are going to have a little bit more of an idea of you know a, a view of what the political climate is in France and the reason i'm i'm focusing on the political climate in France is that I really think it's something very specific uh, to the French uh, culture uh, every country has political you know political powers and and uh, actors obviously but I think in France there's this sort of fantasy that we're all uh strike monsters and that we want the heads of the of the um uh you know rich people and the companies and we you know there's this definitely left-leaning mass that hates capital uh and honestly i'm not sure how it, it it's not that bad. I don't think it's completely inaccurate either, but hopefully by the time we're done, um, you'll understand this a little bit more and maybe the reasons why it's like this and uh, uh, how it works. So first of all, I listeners of the show will know that I like to describe France as really left-leaning compared to the rest of the world. In France, when we look at our political spectrum, we see the left and the right, and we think, well, you know, the right is on the right, and the left is on the left, and that's how it is everywhere in the world. Uh, I think when people look at it from outside of France, uh, they see the left, which is definitely on the left, and they, they see the French right, which I think everyone would uh, qualify as maybe center, center right for the rest of the world, the rest of Europe, and maybe the very much to the left as seen from the US. Uh, I'm not sure you agree with that characterization. No, of our no, I, I, I mean, I, as I was um, thinking when you were saying that, I'm, I think it's it's a vision, a historical vision that would have been true in like the 80s when like France was like under um, more socialist president and. A lot of countries were under a very, very uh, right, aggressive against right uh, government and destroying union, especially uh, in the UK. And so you're talking about the Thatcher era. Yeah. And that changed. That changed a lot. If you look, I'm not going to describe and enter into like the... The proposition now of French uh, right-wing people, because that's not like the goal of this podcast, but they are really um, correlated with at least the rest of the right-wing in Europe. I mean, if you just look at the European Parliament, they're all members of the PPE, so... Oh, is it PPE? I don't really Maybe remember. Maybe it's the, yeah. But, yeah. So, so, but you know what I mean by that? 
So, okay, let's try to get down to the specifics, maybe. And because when I look at the French, uh, let's say the conservatives, uh, let's stop talking about left and right and talk about liberals and conservatives. Sure. Um, the, the French conservative party, in my opinion, at least when looking at it from the US, has all of the characteristics of a left, uh, a, a liberal uh, view. Like, Tell me if I'm wrong, but looking at it from anywhere, the French uh, conservatives are for uh, social security, which is not quite social uh, socialized medicine, but it's certainly free healthcare or, you know, so... A debate if they are or not, actually. Because there is a position you send, there is a thing you do. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think you know. On on some, um, uh, uh, and I think we're getting into the details that that explain the differences of points of view between France and the rest of the world. Some right wing, uh, some conservatives would say we need to cut back on spending a little bit. But I think no one is saying we should uh, uh, not have socialized medicine. I think. Maybe there's some questions there. I would disagree, but maybe there are. Um, but you also have uh, uh, everyone saying the 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 uh, conservatives saying education should be paid for as well. Uh, I don't think anyone in the conservative party is saying we should have a, a system that is similar to the U.S. For example, um, I think there are uh, there are. Uh, uh, Unemployment benefits, maybe we're, we would like to get them lowered, but I don't think anyone is saying they should disappear. We have currently two years or so. Uh, maybe some people are saying we should bring them down a little bit, but we have two years of un- unemployment benefits, and the conservatives are not saying they sh- those should <clears throat> disappear either. Uh, I-, I think already you're disagreeing. Yeah, I I am. <laughs> French people. Um <laughs> I think um, that the agenda of the right wing in France, which includes our government right now... Oh, okay, clearly- okay, that's actually interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, uh, the, the government right now, uh, for those who don't know, is the Socialist Party government. And that's a view that I've seen expressed by many people in France as well, which is the Socialist Party in France is essentially... A right-wing government currently. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, but um, they have socialists in a name, so people from outside the country could think, oh, if you're saying that socialist is right-wing, you're so crazy, and get out of my head, commie, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> in reality, like, you should look at what a socialist government is doing right now, like uh, passing new laws, which are supported only by the representative of uh, the uh, CEO union. Yes, there is a CEO union in France because there is union for everything. <laughs> um, but like they are planning to suppress 27,000... Um, uh, uh, what's that? Uh, um, people in uh, the hospital... Um, so, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, they are trying to... Um, they gave billions of decrees of taxes and exemption of taxes to companies 
and they are trying to pass law to go always against the worker and everything is done for the companies. I would think that qualified you to be a right-wing party. So I think that you're talking about the 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 laws that are being pa- that are being discussed right now, the labor laws. We've Not only them. some have been passed mm. years ago, which are given billions to uh, in tax cut. I love I love how you're you're you know I know that you're uh, very conscious of the image of the left wing in France and the the way you're speaking I think is giving uh, 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 nervous chills to people listening when you're saying they're giving billions to the CEOs and the big companies like you're fitting the the exact image I think I they know have of but the <laughs> it's actually the truth and that's what happened and that was the law. So I think I think that the 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 way you're describing that government is really interesting because you're playing exactly into the description that I'm giving of the 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 way some French uh people look at the political spectrum. And when you're saying but they are conservatives uh I would think that they are uh, social democrats. That's the way I, I always uh, define them, which are social democrats are the 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 left side of the political spectrum in Europe. And I think that what you're what you're saying is social democrats are conservatives really when you look at the way they're managing uh, you know the economy and the countries that they're in. Um And the way I would look at them would be social democrats are uh, socialists that are realistic and not blinded by dogma. <laughs> If I want, you know, you're, you're, I love you're, your way to tell me. You're 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 throwing out, you know, the billions to companies. So I'm throwing out the not blinded by dogma. Um, how would you describe the social democrats in, you know? I don't know, in, in uh, uh, the UK, Germany, you know, other European countries that have them. That I think, would you agree, first of all, that our current government is kind of, could be described as, you know, sort of social Democrats comparable to those ones or, or not even? Yeah, for me, it's exactly the same type of governance. Yeah, I completely agree. So how would you describe those? Would you, uh, you're saying that that is conservatives, conservatives and, yeah, and right Yeah, because I think what's important in matter of uh, where do you put yourself on the scale in politics, it's not like, it doesn't depend on your country, it doesn't depend on... Um, uh, local stuff, I think it's something broader. It's do you acknowledge or not class welfare? Right. And okay. according to that, then you will position yourself into, in, in, in the scale of politics. And like the current in France socialist party doesn't acknowledge these theories that you cannot acknowledge or not. I mean, I, it's not up to me to judge what you are thinking at all. But since they are not, they have to be on the right side. So that's... Which is pretty- not an insult, again, you know, like, um, I'm just describing here. It's it's a pretty... I, I You know, when I look at it, and when I discuss this, I think you're, just to, to again, try and put all of this in context, I think the way you're talking about all of this is 
I don't want to say extreme, but it doesn't represent, obviously, neither me or you represent the entirety of the French population, but <laughs> it, it, what you're saying might seem a little bit uh, uh, forceful. I don't think it is, in- it, it's not the majority in France, but it's also not uncommon. I think what we've seen in the movements, uh, uh, in the movements, this these past few weeks, which we'll disc- discuss in the next episode of the show, I, I'm sure in the regular one, um, and also the the what we hear about strikes and unions and all of this in France in general shows that this is not completely. Uh, uh, it, it it is certainly a current in the French population, but don't you think it it's sort of a definitive statement saying if you don't acknowledge class warfare then you're on the right and doesn't make it doesn't it make it sort of difficult to have a productive discussion if you're saying i mean acknowledging class warfare puts you in immediately in a battling position doesn't it it's it's you against the others and the others against you yeah 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 that's how the world is actually working uh for me I, um and I would like to tell you a bit, like maybe to illustrate more how France is. Uh, you probably don't know, but there is a very big um, television channel named TF1 in France. And you can see a very nice interview of uh, Etienne Mougeot, uh, one of the two former CEO of that channel, saying exactly the same thing I just said. Um, just to and he's you. on the side of the CEOs. Just to make it clear, yeah, he's absolutely, not, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's it's not because there is a battle that you cannot speak. It's not like we're gonna cut your head. It just when I say uh, class warfare, because I I don't have like the proper word in English to say what I mean. Oh, I it mean, is it is class warfare. That's exactly okay. you know it's the 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 das Kapital. It's Marx, right? Yeah, yeah, no, sure, but I wasn't sure the wording yeah. was exactly perfect. Yeah. But anyway, what I meant is that um, I, when there is a discussion uh, between workers and the CEO, the reality is that the company is producing 100, and we are discussing to know what's going to be the repartition of this 100. Is it going to be 30% for the worker, 70% for the CEO? Or are we going to get more as workers? And you can turn it everywhere possible. There's no different... I mean, it's a repartition. And that's why you have to be on one side. Because you cannot be on both sides. So, right. Basically, you're saying the company creates wealth and you want to know how that wealth is going to be distributed. And basically, your argument is... So how much would you say is fair? And how do you even divide the the categories? Because we're, when you're talking about class warfare and Marx, we're talking about philosophical ideas, right? It's very abstract. Sure. But Absolutely. when when we're when we talk about that 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 uh, uh, attribution of wealth, how do you divide the workers versus the CEOs, right? It's, is it is the CEO one person? Is it the executive team? Is it who? How do you step over? I, I, CEO was a wrong wording, I guess. I would say maybe shareholders would be a better a better thing. But it's really like 
I maybe I started on a topic I didn't really wanted to go into because okay. <laughs> starting to be more like my belief instead of like France political um, uh, spectrum. But um, um, no, but I think I think it is very it, it is essential to because all the words you're saying, and I think it's it's important that the listeners uh, understand this as well. The words you're saying are not words that are again uncommon in France. I think when you're saying CEOs and shareholders, this is the kind of discussions that we're having in France. I'm sure it's not just in France. You know, the, the, those discussions are happening everywhere. Maybe not with the same fire uh, lighting them but um i mean it's i'm absolutely certain it's happening uh kind of everywhere in the world um because um like if you look like in the u.s i mean i'm not crazy thinking that sanders is like 40 percent of the democrats or something like that And if you actually go to the events, you will see a lot of people um, with the same type of belief. Oh, I don't know if belief is the good word. No, yeah, I think think it works. But but wouldn't you say, I think Sanders is looking at... at, (laughs) It's funny because Sanders is a person... Both sides of the French political spectrum, I think, would defend and and argue represents them. I think, for me, as a, a conservative in France, and that's again that that disconnect that I'm talking about when I say conservatives in France are on the left of the world's political spectrum. I would say he could absolutely fit in with the conservatives in France, Sanders. That is, you're saying it's not the case, or? I'm, <clears throat> I'm not really sure it could fit with the conservative model. Maybe the idea that, um, so I'm, I think what you're thinking when you're saying that is that uh, when he's pro-free uh, uh, college, that would be a vision shared by everyone in France. And if you're actually looking at what's happening in France, it's not the case. Um, Are you saying we don't have free education in France? I'm saying it's going to be taken away if we're not acting. I'm saying there is constant um, degradation in uh, colleges in France. And they are trying to make a system which is going to look like maybe absolutely not like in the US. Colleges. You cannot make that. It would be like Wow, for real in France. <laughs> but um, they are trying to create very, like different type of colleges for different type of population. And so, if you if you go to the good and selective college, there is actually tuition, and we are speaking about several thousand euros a year, which is not what we are thinking of when we are thinking about college in France. Well, there's always been some small participation in colleges in France. I mean, I remember when I went to college, I had to pay a little bit of money and it was still, you know, the quote unquote free. I think the, the, 
the 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 thing that the conservative uh movement in France has been trying to do is to give autonomy to some of the colleges because there is this idea that the 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 centralized education is perfect for everyone and what we've we've realized is that actually you can't tell everyone what to do from the top down it it produces uh uniformist and sometimes poor results for some of them and you have to give some degree of autonomy to some of the colleges i i think that's where the you know the the changes came in education a few years ago when sarkozy was in place uh and sarkozy is and sort of a bad that's word that's exactly but, what i'm saying yes right so you're so, saying that that shouldn't happen i mean oh, okay uh, i'm a researcher so i colleges in france is actually a topic i kind of know and uh autonomy of college created such a drama in college because it created a big financial crisis for a lot of colleges and um, a lot of classroom cannot be eaten during uh, winter and also... But that was already the case. Yeah, but it, it it's worst, I swear. And also if you go to the direction instances of um, uh, of the colleges in France after this autonomy des universités law <laughs> members of um, the direction can now be just nominated by the president without any election from actually like the professor with like it has always been the case and those person can like come from company and the fear from of companies of you mean from you you mean the the directors of the college directors can no. come from the corporate world is that what you're no, saying no no but the director of college can named uh, to be on the board of the university name people they like mm. and so there's uh, no oversight yeah and then what a lot of people are afraid of And then again, like that's good. I'm afraid of that, but you can be or not be afraid of that. Is that company would like go and decide what should be teach by the university or shouldn't be teach by some Sh- university? Shouldn't be and taught. That what, right. But come on, what that's... If, for example, I saw um, maybe you don't know, but Carrefour is kind of the is a company which is kind of Walmart in France. And there actually is a license Carrefour uh, in France where uh, you uh, learn in three years just to manage uh, a Carrefour. And so it's the name of your diploma. It's not manage um, um, a grocery store. It's manage a Carrefour. Okay. It, so, first of all, I'm wondering if that is absolutely horrible because you're saying Carrefour is one of the biggest companies in the country and it's basically learning how to manage this these specific stores but it's sort of wondering isn't that going to give you a job and isn't that the ultimately the thing you want yes i understand the the company is shouldn't insert itself too much in the education but this is learning how to run this and i'm sure if you have that that uh degree It's a Carrefour degree. Um, you're going to be able to get a job in another company as well because it's regarded as the standard uh, in the country. Um, 
it's it and and when you're saying oh but in the future it could become this and that horrible thing i'm wondering how much of it is not you know how much of it is kind of again theoretical philosophical posturing which is important in that's absolutely the- true but but i think this uh philosoph- in france at least uh this philosophical opposition is really present on both sides and maybe you're right that give us difficulty to talk, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which actually we both are able to do, so that's great. Yeah. Um, But just to go back very quickly on, uh, isn't it a good thing that, like, shouldn't a diploma give you a job? And that's a whole other debate, but I think a diploma should just make you a good human being with a lot of knowledge and from that knowledge then you will be able to apply it to a job but i don't think college should teach you a job it should teach you a way to think that's and make you a good citizen but that's a very different discussion no it is but i think it also uh sort of underlines another part of the french uh psyche which is uh, uh, you know, the the difference between the practicality of education and really life and the the philosophical, theoretical benefits to all of it. And I think there's a lot of that in France where we think we don't necessarily uh, value the practical aspects of anything as much as we do the inherent, you know, human value of those things. And it's all again it's all different shades of of colors and gray uh i don't think people in any country ha- give absolutely no value to the to the uh, uh you know to to humanity i guess to to the humanities <laughs> but i think in france we sort of tend to prioritize this maybe over other things a little bit too much i would i guess i would ask you again it's related to all of this discussion what do you think of the uh education system in america and we're talking about education because i think it's a catalyst for a lot of the uh, political yeah, sure. intent of a country but what do you think of you're working in an in a u.s university um so sh- i might surprise you uh there is one side which is absolutely great and another side, which is absolutely horrible for me. Uh, the very great side of colleges in the US is that it's broad. What you learn is broad. What I mean by that is that in France, for example, I'm doing biology. When I enter college in France, I started in a biology college and made only science just after high school. And when you enter a college in the US, you have this broad education and you will specialize later. And that, for me, helps in the making of a better citizen. And, so it's, uh, actually, it's actually closer to your ideal of making a better human being, right? Ex- exactly, mm, exactly. That's ironic. In, the, in a way of how once you're there and if you can afford to go in the college, how everything is better once you are one of the selected people to enter the college. But I, I mean, I saw students and they have to pay for 
some colleges up to $50,000 a year of tuition. And that's just impossible. I mean, I'm living with roommates, okay? And one of them to repay his tuition is, is doing two full-time jobs and then Uber when he's have enough time. That's not how a country should treat his youth. But again, that's, I'm, I'm not good. I mean, it's the US and they do exactly what they want. It's I'm, for democracy. I don't have anything to say on how the US works, but that's just my point of view on the situation. I, well, I asked you, so I think it's fair that you you mentioned this. And I also think that uh, this, especially specifically the issue of college tuition, which has getting he's, has been getting worse and worse in the past uh, two decades, let's say, is rising to publish, public consciousness in the US. It's certainly a, a problem. I think it's very fair to say that the, the amounts that uh, college students have to uh, repay after they're done with, basically, you have to get yourself in debt by, you know, dozens or thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get an education. A and again, I think in the US, a lot of people agree. And maybe that's part of the reason why Bernie Sanders is, is getting the traction he is. But mm -hmm. I think in France... Everyone would agree. And again, this is, I keep coming back to that, but this is the idea of the relativity of the political spectrum. Do you think that looking at the system in the US and how students have to, to get in debt to, to get an education, do you think anyone in France would think that's a good idea? I think no one will if you want to have a career in politics, will say it directly. Oh my God, are you actually, do you actually think that some people would like to have the uh, American education system? I, absolutely, it I do believe that because reality is that it's a market. And if you look at uh, a lot of political agenda of the right wing in France and in Europe, it's to open markets everywhere. And there is a market, which is education. And I believe I may be wrong and I don't have anything like to prove what I'm saying. But I believe because they are trying to open markets everywhere by um, privatizing a lot of um, national companies such as like the... Um, uh, telecom and... Telecom, the, the gas company... Uh, the ID that was flooding in the air of selling the train station to private company, uh, which has been rejected. But all these things, it's the ID that, and it's, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying they have a very different beliefs than me. They are saying that um, private company will make a better job than the government. And so we should open everything Uh, to be privatized because then the world will run better. I actually believe the opposite thing. But in this logic of private company makes things better and they are not bad human beings, they want education to be better. So they want education to be done uh, and dealt by private company. So, okay. I think in the U.S. there is this belief that the government can't do anything. I, 
this is a caricature, of course, but there is this belief that the government can't do anything, and so private companies should should manage everything. Obviously, anyone with half a brain understands that even in the U.S., some things the government is doing and some things the government needs to do. Uh, it seems that on the other end of the political philosophy, there is this idea that the uh, you know, that the government should do everything, right? And that comes more yeah. or less to communism, right? And yeah. in France, we're somewhere in the middle. I think, I, I guess the question I'm getting at for you is what are the things that the government, according to your the way you look at the world, the government should absolutely manage from top to bottom? And, you know, so for example, uh, Orange, which was the primary uh, telecommunications uh, operator in France and had a, mon a state monopoly for a very long time, uh, op the market was opened to uh, other entrants and uh, Orange, which used to be France Telecom, it became Orange and it, it was privatized with a majority uh, held, the, the state holds uh, the majority of the stocks. I think it's not over 50%, but it's still the biggest uh, act. Uh, shareholder in the company. Um, the way I look at it, I think that uh, the telecommunications market has improved or, you know, has thrived since that it, it became open. And especially since uh, the the fourth entrant called <laughs> Free Telecom has, has joined, it has benefit, benefited the consumers immensely with very affordable services and high quality uh, uh, services, especially compared to maybe some other countries in the world, uh, namely the US. Um, <laughs> but so, so let's take this as an example. The telecommunications market was open opened and, and it has, uh, uh, you know, market dynamics ruling it. Do you think that was a good thing or you would have preferred it to be operated by the, the state? I think I would choose a third solution. <laughs> okay, which would um, be? I think for me, there's no reason um, to... How would you say that? Um, what, why telecom should be owned by, or anything should be owned or controlled by the government. There's only one reason, if you think about it. It's to make sure equal access to service to any citizen. And in telecom, it means make sure that someone in his tiny house in the middle of La Creuse, which is a very countryside of France where almost no one lives, has access to internet with an acceptable speed. And we all know that if we leave that job only to private company, it will never happen. And so for me to make sure that everyone access the internet with decent speed, you need to get the government have enough money to put the work and the cables to reach uh, this tiny house in La Creuse. And to get this money, having maybe not being an exclusive, but having a national company will use the money make in like very like in cities where it's easy to make money from internet and use that money to ensure 
quality of service for people living remotely, which also happen to often be like uh, old people, and it's a good thing for them uh, to. De- it's a good thing to develop internet access for older people because, like, of health issue and a lot of things like that. And communication from family. I'm not going to defend internet to you. You all yeah, know. Yeah, no, I think I think is. I would. Uh, everyone listening would agree that the internet brings huge benefits in every aspect of uh, society. But do you? So I I was having this exact discussion with Laure de la Rodière, which is the um, um, how do you say that um, the director of um, new technology things in uh, Les Républicains, which is like the French Republicans. And she was saying that, no, what should be done is having private company to deal where it's easy for them to make money, like cities. And then um, with the government, just have, uh, just link those remote places and like get the money back over 100 years or things like that. And I don't believe in that model because for me, it's always the same thing. When there is benefits benefits to be done, you give it to private company. And when money will be lost, you tape that on taxes. And that's the problem. Use the benefits you can make to lower everyone's taxes. So so I think, you know... (laughs) You would uh, let's go back to that in a second because what I think you're saying is sure. we should make the government into a money making uh, uh, enterprise so that everyone's taxes should get lower. That to me seems very strange of an idea, but I would argue. I I think I would argue that her vision. I think works ideally. I think it's not always going to work like that, but the idea that. You give the markets to the companies so that they can create those infrastructures and those businesses at the lowest possible cost, because the cost, lowest possible cost is ultimately going to benefit the consumers, which is everyone. Um, hopefully, at least again, that's the ideal. Um, and then that's for- I don't understand. I, I, I disagree. Looking for the smallest cost. Mean what does it mean? It means reducing salaries of the worker, and it means if you do that everywhere, diminishing the global wealth of a country. Well, if not, if you have com- uh, com- uh, decent competition, because the worker, and of course, you need, and that's part of the role of the government to make sure that things are done appropriately. Uh, if you have competition, then the the companies are going to need to hire competent people, and those people you have the mobility between the companies, so they're going to be able to, uh, you know, search for for the right company to pay them the salary they think they're they're worth and that's why you need you know the government to step in when there is uh, uh issues like what we've seen in silicon valley in the past few years where some companies were establishing no higher clauses between them so that the prices of the salaries would remain low and the government has to step in at that point and and say you can't do that and then the government employs the money collected from the taxes which is you know the what is the taxes usually the what the taxes is the country saying we're going to pull you know every citizen in the country saying we're going to pull all of our resources together and use them to you know 
where they are needed and the uh, uh, companies can't or won't, well, actually, it's better if it's only that they can't um, do what's required. And that would include connecting that house in La Creuse uh, when it's needed. But ideally, and I think it's a very good example in, on the mm -hmm. telecoms market in France, the the market dynamics made it work, especially when that fourth entrant uh, arrived, because there was a, a, a tr three actors that were basically blocking the market, and that fourth entrant came along and said, "I'm going to break everything, destroy the prices," and it actually divided the 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 cost of an a, a cell phone uh, contract by three, more or less. Um, I don't see, and, and what you're saying is, no, the government should also have those money-making markets so that it can make money and then use it to reduce the taxes. But how can you, how can you think that things would go wrong in a company that is going to, you know, try to make money because it's going to see only profits and do things that don't benefit the general good. But the government, it should think about how to make money and for them it would be okay. I mean, it's, I think you have to think a, a bit broader um, because like each time we are thinking about government companies. Because I don't believe that every type of market should have government companies. I'm not at all like that. Uh, what, um, do you, what do you call government companies? Like government-owned companies. Okay. Like, like Orange we were speaking about. Mm. Um, but in terms of, um, term of telecom, there is one side thing which is extremely important to my eyes and I think to your eyes too, which is, um, um, oh, I don't remember the name in English, but it's Say it in equal French, access of data for everyone. Mm. Uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Everyone you, should you know have access. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and infrastructure. I think everyone would agree we all need to have, at this point, the internet is necessary for every citizen. No, but not only that, do not filter the content. And oh, net neutrality. Net neutrality, thank you. I was blinking on the word. Right, right, right. And net neutrality in France, we saw how it can be <laughs> tricky. Like we saw with Free, the fourth actor you were talking about, when suddenly they blocked every ad to... Uh, to Google, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you remember that moment where if you... Had internet through free, you didn't the install uh, ad blocker to every uh, um, owner, and right, those but that type got, of things. But that gets so resolved, that, right? That that is the kind of uh, thing that happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but then because of either you know uh, uh, outrage on the consumer side, or maybe the government has to step in, then those things get resolved. I think. I'm no, not sure one... it gets... Re I mean, it got resolved in this yeah, scenario, it but it's not everywhere. Like, for example, but see, if that's you go the to problem. a country like in the US, where it's... Um, like, in, with my carrier in the US for cell phone, I... When I watch Netflix on my cell phone, it doesn't count in my data package. 
Yeah, so, I know. So net neutrality is a big, I think, is a, a big, big issue. issue. And, I agree, and I agree. I, those things are the problems that emerge when uh, private company own carrier company. I absolutely disagree. I think net neutrality is a very specific and very complicated issue. And I don't think the governments actually have a clear idea of i think we be you know from the left and from the right and actually a lot of the companies are defending the idea of net neutrality as well sure. you know the service providers are all defending the idea of net neutrality and the government isn't sure what to do and not because they have interests you know the uh, uh, money interests at heart because they they don't know they don't understand the problem enough and they haven't made up their mind i think this is an example of you know a, a very an issue that wouldn't be resolved if the government was in charge. It's not like the government has passed a law that says net neutrality is essential. It tried, but then it, you know, in, on the European level as well, it was fought by other, you know, uh, 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 representatives. And but it, it seems to me that you're always attached to what could happen, right? And maybe that's a good thing to to. To, to a good way to look at things, but you're always thinking, yes, but okay, maybe this situation is okay, but imagine what could happen if that kept going that way. And the way I look at it is I think, well, if it does, then we'll deal with that problem when it does happen and we'll, we'll correct it. But it's not a reason to, to not do anything because something could go wrong at some point, right? Is that a fair assessment? Or? I, 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 I... I agree in um, some parts. I, I mean, I think the big problem is that... Oh, I'm lost in my thoughts. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's with English. Maybe you can cut that after. But oh, it's fine. I, the thing is that... What is government? I think that's what the big problem is. As citizen, you don't have any control on private company, but right. you are a vote for your government. And that's why for critical stuff, and I don't know if uh, we choose a good example with... Um, with the uh, telecom. I think it's might be slanted but a little bit towards me. Yeah. Certainly for mm. uh, justice, uh, for uh, healthcare. Uh, I want to have control of those things. I don't want a private company to decide that. I want to vote yeah. somewhere. I think I think that's very fair. I would argue that even on companies, you do have an influence on it. Certainly, you don't vote, but you choose who you're going to give your money to. That's the you know the basic principle of the market economy, and that does influence companies' behaviors, maybe <clears throat> to a fault sometimes. Um, I I think we also agree that. Some things should be off limits for companies. I think one obvious one is justice. I think that would be a travesty for anyone <laughs> if we started giving justice for to companies, which is why it makes me you so like mad. Google in Europa? Exactly. Google in Europe has been given the, the task. They didn't want it. They, no, they, they didn't have, ask for it. Yeah. And they've been given the task to decide which when to apply the right to be forgotten or not. I think that's a horrible idea. Um, at the same time, I understand there are so many requests that it's it's a whole other debate. But I, I think for justice, 
it it's everyone would agree that it's a bad idea when you get companies involved or almost everyone apparently with this right to be forgotten um i'm wondering again i'm getting back to asking questions to you which areas would you say maybe beyond justice which is too obvious no companies should have any say at all in which areas and which areas would you think as again a left uh, leaning person Uh, 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 the government should have no impact at all and no say it, within a reasonable, you know, they should still say when intervene when the laws are not being upheld. But uh, so which area should the, the companies have no say and which area should the government have no say in? Maybe <laughs> I'm going to be super cliche and people will recognize what I'm speaking about. It's a very old article, but uh, for which area shouldn't uh like the government shouldn't have anything to say i think art is a very important thing oh, and i'm yeah. too afraid very afraid of um uh, censorship and art should be really free i mean government can help and give money to museum and things like that that's important to promote art but not to decide what type of art is made Um, yeah, that's that's so obvious though. I think it feels like a cop out a little bit. I was talking about you know like uh, markets. I, I'm talking about markets. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, if you include uh, movies in art, <laughs> that's kind of But, a big market. If you include video game in arts, which is like, arguably a debate. But that's a big market too. Um, oh, that's interesting though, because the government is actually part of the production process in France. I know. It's helping tremendously. There wouldn't be a French cinema industry if the government wasn't financing it as much. I know very well. I know very and, well. And interestingly, uh, it finances a certain type of movies. And, and it, it, that I've worked in the movie industry, so I know this problem intimately. It, it, it fosters a certain type of, of culture and actually decides which movies should or shouldn't be made. It doesn't mean that they're always, you know, only those movies that are made, but the majority of them are made with the government's help and don't make money in the theaters. It's monies that are paid for by the consumers, by the citizens that are, you know, I'm sure some of them would have to be made anyway because it's art, but a lot of them wouldn't be making money at all and people don't want to see them is basically what I'm getting at. So that's an interesting aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was your question, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it oh, wasn't the question. It was just just about the government influencing art thing. It, it is paying for it, but even there it's having an influence and making movies, movies that people don't want to see. So arguably they really shouldn't even be financing it. That's another, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I'm, a difference. As um, long as it's just like that, I'm fine, you know, because there's mm. no, I mean, yeah, I think is that what I'm afraid is censorship. And here it's not censorship. It's giving voice to some artists that are not heard. And that's fine. I mean, it's the opposite, which is very striking. Reality. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's a, it's more of a for, you know, I'm arguing for the principle of, <laughs> of arguing. But uh, right. So that is a place where government should not have uh, a, a say. Apart from justice, are there uh, and maybe education? Let's put education outside yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, and, and also think, healthcare think, as, as well. But well, healthcare, I think we would <laughs> all agree. 
but I think uh, energy, energy is something very important. Energy and water. Um, I I think that's just basic human needs, and society should ensure basic human needs. And yeah, so you you ask for some, so water and energy are very important to my mm. eyes. So okay, that's interesting because currently there is uh, uh, some involvement of private companies in the energy market in France. It's been open a few years ago, and they all use the same infrastructure, which was put in place by the government monopoly a, a long time ago. Uh, but they can, you know, it's it's common carrier basically uh, for energy. Do you think that is too much already? Do you think there are negative uh, uh, consequences of this? Honestly, negative consequences of companies that hold less than, I think, it, I mean, it's just a few percent of a market. I don't think we can say anything in France so far. But what uh, afraid me a lot is uh, cutting Uh, power and cutting water um, and again you know as long as it's just a few percent but what I'm thinking as you were thinking for the movies is if everything is private then we have a problem right and I, yeah it's, and I don't mm, go ahead oh no sorry I, uh, I was finished I, I don't think you know what strikes me here is And and sorry if I'm if I'm piling on, but it's it's what strikes me is you're you're you seem to be talking a lot about but what if this happens, right? And I, I'm I, I think that's a characteristic of the French uh uh political discussion. And certainly it's it's the case everywhere, but maybe it's more the case in France, is the 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 Liberal, and I, I'm saying liberal, it's the left-leaning uh, parts of the country are very worried about theoretical issues to the point that they're gonna, they don't want to try anything because what if it goes wrong? What if this I, goes I, to the I extreme, disagree. right? I disagree no? there. Okay. Um, there has been very important proposition uh, from the left part of France And those propositions are, in fact, the actual basis of our country. Those propositions have been like um, 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 paid holidays, uh, social equality, um, health uh, insurance, um, uh, yeah, mm. social secu security, um, everything we have, if you think we own it to fights of the left in the past. And I think that's a very good point, actually, because all of these, all of these were fought by the, the you know, if you want to call it the CEOs or, you know, the, the haves of the country. Oh, were they were fought. fought against. Yeah, very strongly. Yeah, yeah, very strongly saying basically what I was just saying to you. But this is not sustainable. You'll see it will collapse the country or, you know, the, the, in theory, it's not going to work because what if this happens or what if that happens? Uh, or yeah, yeah. We're not gonna be... And you all know that France is a third world country now. <laughs> and, and, you know... It's it's absolutely a valid point, I think, and it touches on this this idea that is very dear to the French uh, left of the 
But I think, again, to a fault, maybe I'm looking at it as a pendulum, and and the pendulum is definitely now in this on the side i don't know if it's on the side of the of the workers i think you would disagree uh with the fact that it's on the side of the workers but we do have paid holidays we do have social security we do have free education um and all of these things have been set in stone maybe you know 30 to 50 years ago oh, no after no the you know when II. exactly i'll go ahead is that what explain why there is a big left in france mm. it Everything, all we are talking, so there is some which come back from 1936, but most, like social security and everything, come from the program of the resistance during the Second World War, which were mostly inside France, communist, and which explain why there has been huge communist votes for the next 40 years after the Second World War in France. And Everything is the program of the resistance, social security, um, more paid vacation. Um, yeah, like yeah. really no, everything come back to that. I agree. I don't think you could say that it exists nowhere else, though. I think it's... Oh, no, not at all. Right. But so it's even not like, if oh, you no. look everywhere else, do you, can you cite me one country where, let's say, social security and uh, paid vacation were just given without a fight and were actually a proposition from the right wing? Um, no, absolutely not. I think I agree. I think all of all social advance, advances were pretty much done from the the, the right. Uh, I'm sorry, from the left. <laughs> nice slip there. Um, from the left. <clears throat> we could argue that, you know, it was actually very wealthy people that were at the head of those movements, but that would be, you know, slipping into discussion, another discussion. Probably agree. <laughs> um, but okay, we, we could talk about that for a long time. I think we're nearing the, the end of this discussion. It's, it hasn't been, uh, you know, uh, by design, it's not incredibly directed. I think it's more of a <laughs> painting an image of what these kinds of conversations uh, uh, look like in France. But you were talking about uh, the, the Communist Party after the war and the strong presence of uh, that party for 40 years afterwards. And it's not, it wasn't just a French thing. It was certainly the case in France, but it wasn't just a French thing until, and, and it happened, you know, it, it disintegrated, disintegrated gradually and it, it exploded as people at the, were dying. At the, as what, sorry? <laughs> the people were dying yeah basically <laughs> yeah it was like it was basically when people realized oh so it was <laughs> actually not that great but the unions play a very strong role in those debates with the 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 political parties and it's a basically the the <laughs> if i look at it as a uh right leaning person the way i would describe it is the government tries to do something whether it's a uh, conservative or a liberal government, they tried to do something, and the unions rile up everyone and oppose it, and sometimes manage to make it disappear. And I understand I, this is a very caricature. Yes, I, I'm sure you would. Uh, please explain to me uh, how the unions work in France, and maybe how they are different in good and bad ways, if you can, um, from other countries. So I would say that there is the biggest specificity 
to France uh, of France Union. It's not only France, but is that uh, there's no mandatory union first, and when a union fight and get new rights, those new rights applied for every workers and not only the member of the union. So that's very important if, to, if you compare to like what happened in Germany, for example. And um, we have, because there's no need for other worker, for every workers to enroll in the union, because if the union g- wins new rights, you will get these rights even if you're not part of the union. Unions are smaller than in many countries, but it's just uh, a nucleus of very convicted, um, convinced. Uh, convinced yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's a very different <laughs> Con- meaning. Yeah, convicted, <laughs> I don't think most of them are, hopefully, not more than any <laughs> other, you know, political I know, category. Sorry. <laughs> very convinced people. And, so extremists, um, extremists. They're all extremists, right? No, well. <laughs> no, not that. There is, there is actually... Uh, one of the major union is a very reformist and right-wing uh, oriented union. Um, right-wing? So, Which one? Uh, the CFDT is a very uh, Okay, right- they're, they're the most reasonable, I would say. I don't think I would call them right-wing leaning, but maybe. Okay, I... I... <laughs> Takes the responsibility for that, which is okay. the only responsibility I will take in the podcast. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair but enough. Um, right, um, yeah. So that's that's what makes it so different because you have this basis organized uh, since so long and ready to move when there is an attack. The response against attack can be uh, stronger than in other countries. But I also think there is a big um, false impression of the French of what their country are and how different it is from other countries. Because in reality, you will see strikes in many countries, many countries. I mean, look at the fight for 15. And if you look at statistics, there is, like, last in 2015, there has been more than 4,000 strikes in China. Um, Denmark has more strikes per year uh, than France. Uh, so, so, so what do you think? That what I this- mean is that, um, and I don't mean it at all in a conspirationist way, but um, strikes and protests are not part of um, international uh, information because that's not really relevant to you and me what's happening to other countries and so we have the impression that there is a lot of strikes exactly where we live and no strikes where we don't go but it's because we just don't care of what's happening there well i think that a lot of people have the impression that there are a lot of strikes in france even when they they don't live in france it's it's don't you think there is this image of french people always strike I completely agree that there is this image. I hope I told you, like just with the Denmark example, that it's not really true. But so, okay. But but also what I'm thinking, I say that, yes, there is this image of French people always striking, but there is the image of French of themselves that they are striking more 
than the other, which in fact is not true when you look at it. So why do you think there is... We are striking more strongly when we strike. So that's the difference. So yeah, is that the reason? How would you explain the... The, this image then this this certainly i i will take the responsibility of saying you know just like you did that cfdt is is right wing leaning i will take the responsibility of saying that there is an image of french people striking all the time um so that's be- why why is that image even there i think because um there is sometimes more visibility because um How would you say that? But uh, protests in France uh, can be very strong. As we, we like unions have the guts to do something strong and block the country. Sometimes, right. like once every ten years, you will have huge strikes, and no one will have gas, and it's going to be crazy. And that image is very strong. And stay for the 10 next years to like other countries. And because it's such strong strikes, but one every 10 years, one every 15 years of those big strikes, then they are shown in international news of other countries. And people of other countries think, oh, it's always like that in France, they're always striking. But Mm. this type of strikes happen one every 10, 15 years. Okay. It seems to me that, I mean, maybe it's the case, just like I think everyone still remembers the uh, writer's strike in the US, uh, that and that happened once uh, a long time ago. So maybe if it was happening more, uh, people, I don't know, maybe there's some similarity there. Um, I, I, I think... I mean, I look at the fight for 15. We don't really speak a lot about it in France, but I assure you it's... Hell of a thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, actually, I don't, I don't think I've heard uh, a lot about the fight for fifteen. So, I, I, you're right, we don't talk about it a lot. But the thing is, it does seem like there are some big strikes happening somewhere else. But as a French person living in France, it seems that you know i've i've seen a few different countries and the only place where i'm actually worried whether or not i'm going to be able to get on my plane because it's happened more than once that i couldn't because of a strike is france and it really maybe it's a it's a you know maybe it's just a feeling and maybe it's emotional but it does seem like it happens more in france than in other countries um it, or Yes, you're right. They don't care. Well, or actually they use the uh, uh, weapon of blocking everything more than they would in other countries. Is, is yes. that fair? Is they're, that a- they're not afraid to use this weapon. That's absolutely true. But isn't that... Isn't that infuriating, though? I mean, it, it, I can understand if it, if it happened, you know... You're saying it's one every 15 years. I don't think that's the case. It's one enormous one when the country stops every 15 years. But every year or two, there is an instance of a strike where, I mean, even, sorry, we're coming back to technology, but the the taxis blocking parts of the the city 
and or parts of the of the uh you know the way to the airport because they're unhappy about the uber situation i understand they're unhappy about the uber situation but using this as a weapon to you know taking uh, uh citizens hostage oh by- no no don't say that Oh no, come no. on! When you're no, blocking, no, the, I, I mean, I, Antoine, I Antoine, when you're take, when you're blocking the path to the airport, isn't that? No, is, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry here, but I mean, we can discuss strike and what should be done and shouldn't be done in strike. Uh, even if I think that sh- is just up to the worker to decide, but mostly, what I have to say, I really hate this work taking no stage. I mean. One of my best friends is a firefighter in Paris. I can tell you from what he told me, what the hostage crisis in Paris is, I assure you it's not a strike. Okay, I think now you're 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 using rhetoric yourself, but let's no, let's no, go okay, okay. No, let's I go with it. How would you describe how would you describe a very it? strong world? Okay, fine. I'm not gonna use any image of anything. I will just stick to the actual meaning of every word. Uh how would you describe that that action by the taxis when or you know any part of the population when they block the entrance to the city or block the path to the airport they're actually uh uh, uh it it saying it's inconveniencing people is too uh uh i think light of a description i think it's a much stronger thing than that don't don't you think it's Unfair? Let's say it's unfair. Uh, how would you describe the taxis yeah, blocking so the, the airport? Yeah, so I think what's unfair is that they don't have any other way to raise attention and also to have uh, equal um, um, voice in the debate because, um, like, when a protester strike. What's happening is that the governments will speak a lot in uh, the press and have, like, is in the fourth position. And the worker can be fired in a minute. So they need to do something big, and the only thing big they can do is stop working. And... Um, and, and protest as big as they can do, the only weapon they have is to find a way to raise attention. If they decide to find a way to raise attention by blocking a train station, fine. Okay. Um, I would argue that it is not the only thing they have. They have a vote, which is the way you express your opinion in a democracy. No, uh, no, I, 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 that's a different thing. Like, we're speaking, like, if you're looking at the good year, they all were going to be fired and, like, life destroyed and torn apart for, like, companies that are making a lot of profit but just decided that this side is making a ton of profit but not enough profit. So we are shutting the thing. And those people are reacting because it's their life. And I understand that they are reacting because it's their life and their life is destroyed. And when the people, when the life of someone is destroyed, they have reactions that people can judge excessive. But I, I, I completely understand that they have mm. to do something to try 
all the way they can within so. the limit of the law to uh, to, to to change their situation and make it better within so the limit you, of the law. W- would you describe some of those strike situations as you were saying excessive? Are some of those excessive for you? I mean, you understand them, but you you would wish they wouldn't do it? Or I, I'm trying to understand how you view as... The thing the is that I wouldn't say that because um, we need to speak about, you know, a specific one and I need to know, like... All the details of the situation. I wouldn't judge, right? you know, like in general, like, you know, like, it's like saying, like, every CEO is an asshole. It's <laughs> as stupid as saying as every member of the union is an asshole. I don't know. I don't know them. I don't know the context. I don't know why they're doing that. Maybe they have a reason that I don't know. And I want to know the reason before saying anything. I right. Leave- I think, no, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, I think, again, everyone would agree that the right to uh, strike, the right to demonstration is absolutely uh, uh, important. And the reason why we all agree it's important is that sometimes it's it's necessary and it's needed in order for some you know parts of the population that don't have enough voice to make their voice heard by being a little bit more forceful uh i'm reminded as well of you know the 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 events in 68 in paris and around the world that led to a lot of good things for everyone in in the country at least um and those were riots basically they were riots in the streets and they were kids young people going and throwing stones at at cops um so it's definitely something that is difficult to to judge to an increase of everyone in france of 25 percent of their wave (laughs) yeah well no i mean it it was definitely a a a benefit on on every aspect of societal uh uh you know any aspect of society you look at was probably improved by those and they were riots so i mean yeah and and what i just to come back to uh what the left uh, gave us uh, gave to the society like all the thing we were speaking about like all social security and things like that everything came because there were a big pressure of um, um, and, and the government were afraid of riots oh I wouldn't say riots I shouldn't say that but big oh. protest right and only when you install fear in the government you get what uh, you wanted. If you don't, you lose in the negotiation in France. And mm. that's why nothing can't really change. Mm. It's, yeah, I, I, the way, okay, the way, I, I think that's a perfect summary of, of the way some people look at the, the, the way things are in France. Uh, I think other people like me think that all of this is true and is important and was important, but some uh, parts of the of the left side of the political spectrum are really set in that mindset and refuse to adapt it to <clears throat> the reality of the situation. I think we're we're coming back to this idea of you know the importance of philosophical stances and knowing what you stand for. Um, and it's it's i don't know it it seems like and and you know the the irony of all of it is that maybe back 
when uh, things that I now agree with were happening, if I was looking at them then, maybe you would have said the exact same thing. Maybe I would have said, oh, those, you know, crazy left-wing, young, left-wing youngsters, they don't understand the reality of the world we live in today. Maybe I would have said that. And now I'm absolutely uh, in agreement that those were positive changes. So... But that's the, that's still the way I look at it now. Maybe I'm just <laughs> an older person, but uh, anyway. like old. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that I really love about what I think we we are uh, doing here and in podcasting and in the way we try to discuss things uh, between uh, you and I, and because we've done this before on on tech shows and stuff like that, and on this show in particular is. This ability to have this de- these debates where we are in complete disagreement. I don't think it's it's shown as much as maybe the reality is, but in complete disagreement about so many things. But still being able to do that in a respectful uh, conversation where we can both express our opinions and discuss our disagreements. And I think... I, I mean, that's so important for me. And we really... I mean... Maybe we don't share a lot in terms of politics, you and me, but I mean, I know you enough to know that this point is very important to your art. And for me, it's, it's what we call democracy. For me, democracy is not vote, voting. It's first discuss, try to understand what the other is thinking. And after that, vote, sure. But the root of democracy are, is discussion, and that's why I think it's super important what you're doing in here. Uh, thank you. And and I think that's definitely something that is missing. I'm sure in every country and, and I've I think I've seen it in the past fifteen years or so becoming less present in France. I used to think that France was a lot better than the US, for example, where we would listen to one another a lot more and we could debate. I think it's it's less the case now and it saddens me greatly so maybe that is actually the lesson to take away from all of this is that we need more of that so let's try let's try and and talk to each other and understand uh more of each other even though we don't agree in the end so um all right i think that's a lovely conclusion to this episode um yeah let's love everyone (laughs) that is certainly something i can get behind let's let's love everyone or you know within the bounds of the law and you know as long as people are not being assholes disgusting (laughs) no that's not what i meant you are horrible i meant as long as people are not doing horrible things that's what i meant let's not you know go to loving murderers and stuff or although you know some people need understanding too anyway that's not at all the discussion for this show today we discussed uh, stuff about france and politics in france and i think we did a great job at it uh, if i dare say so myself um antoine do you have any presence on the web still i know you're no, you're i think your not, twitter account is private so yeah not anymore so I, what I, do I, you what do you promote for your your online presence nothing nothing but thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, it was it was lovely having you on the show. Um, we, if everything goes well, you will be on the regular show next week uh, when we record that. And I think it's going to be a very interesting discussion about what's happening in France. Actually, maybe you can give <laughs> us some insight about what's happening in the U.S. as well. Um, but yeah, I'm certainly. I'm excited the, by that. You what? Sorry. 
I'm very excited and I yeah. really look forward for next episode. Yeah, because if you haven't been following, things have been heating up in France. Like there's a kind of a citizen movement that is going crazy in the country. So, uh, and, and crazy, not in just good ways. So it will be interesting to discuss that as well. That will be, uh, hopefully next week though, in the regular episode. Um, for this one, uh, as I was saying, we're coming, bringing it to a close. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's at not Patrick. Um, you can also uh, find the show itself at frenchspin.com if you want to come and comment about everything we said today, about how it works in your country, for example. If it's, if you have a similar situation and uh, you think that I'm crazy for thinking that France is, is to this side or this side, and actually I'm, I'm the one that's not uh, looking at things with, with enough distance. Um, and of course, if you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, there's a Patreon uh, page at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. Um, you can contribute uh, with your own money that you've earned by working hard. Uh, and if you want to vote with your dollars, as we do in good uh, market uh, uh, countries, open market countries, um, that's patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. There are a bunch of people already supporting the show. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Really, it is an immense pleasure and joy not to just receive your dollars which certainly it is but also to know that you are uh, uh you know you think highly enough of the show that you're gonna you're gonna decide it is worth my money and i'm going to uh tell the this kind of production that it's worth it so thank you very much patreon.com slash the phileas club that's going to be it for us we will be back in about a week with a regular episode thanks everyone and talk to you then 